listening to First Church Charlotte. You're like hugging is not really not Judd. He's a real Christian, but somebody else. And uh, so, uh, the point being is, uh, half of an embrace isn't very warm. So our church, you can feel, I hope you can feel how hard our church works to accept you, not to separate acceptance from approval. We don't just love the perfect people around me, around here. Otherwise, me and Don would be the only people who received any love. We love everybody here. We've separated approval from acceptance. We've separated that. Why? That's biblical. Christ loved, loved us while we were yet sinners. You understand? And so uh, our embrace of you, our love, our love for you is an independent thing. And so when you understand that and you believe that, you, you feel more comfortable making yourself open to a church. So I'm asking you today, I'm just asking you for this favor. Uh, open your heart to the church. The church has opened its heart to you. So meet us, meet us halfway, and let's make the embrace as warm as it can be. Is that fair? So I look forward to getting to know you. That is after this class. It recurs every month. Um, so if you can't come this month, we're on the second lesson, which is I talk about our church structure and how we structure ministries and, and the like. And uh, we will uh, start back on the first lesson, the beginning of the, the month, uh, next month, I should say. Um, but they are structured. You can come in at any time and not miss anything. And if you've already been through the class, you just want to stop by and say hello. Come on by. Say hello. I love it when that happens. And so I'm going to get into the Word of the Lord today. It's my privilege and honor to teach the Word of the Lord. And so I am going to uh, talk about the Word of faith that is in your mouth. The Word of faith that is in your mouth. And take you through some biblical examples and stories and the like. I need a few people who will preach with me so I won't get long-winded. I knew I got some agreement over here. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew that would happen. Would, 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 would anybody besides uh, the purple section over here agree to support me in a most boisterous and apostolic manner? Would you do that today? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad we got some sunshine. Uh, it's been it's been cloudy and rainy on so many Sundays. I was going to announce that we're having church on cloudy. That was funny. I don't care what y'all say. I don't appreciate good wit. So um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, lead you through a few stories of the scripture and try to remind you of a truth. You probably know this truth, but I, I want you to to be reminded and founded upon upon this truth. And uh, so the first story I want to re- bring to your remembrance is the story uh, in the in in the life of Elisha. Now remember, Elisha was an Old Testament prophet, very very uh, powerful man. Uh, He had been trained in ministry by uh, Elijah, and in many ways, his ministry was upon the shoulders of Elijah. That is how ministry often works. If you have someone who can lead you, train you, and guide you, it doubles your effectiveness. It makes you effective sooner. 
You see what I'm saying? And so Elisha had the advantage of that. And he did. He prayed, you will remember, for the double portion of anointing that his mentor Elijah had received. And uh, Elijah had said, look, if you see me when I I go, uh, then it'll be yours. And I love the story. I've preached from it a lot over the years. And Elisha all of a sudden won't take his eyes off of Elijah. And three times at the end of the story, Elijah says, the Lord has sent me to another place. You stay here. Here. And Elisha says, no, as the Lord liveth, as my soul liveth, if you go, I go. The second time, he tries to talk him into stand. The real blessings of God are when a desire and a pursuit within our heart is met with God's promise and God's gift to us. If we have a lackadaisical attitude in our pursuit of God, then we, will get, we, won't, we won't get the half of what God has for us as we will if we will pursue. Somebody say amen. We pursue. And you see that in Elisha's life. Well, he receives in his life the benefit of that. He has twice the the, the miracles, uh, testimonies and miracles in his ministry that his mentor Elijah had had. And um, he has one particular miracle that I love, and that's when him and a servant go to a city that's being besieged by the enemy, and when they get there, the enemy evidently has not arrived yet, and after they take up residence in the city, one day the servant wakes up, goes up to the battlements, looks out over, and he sees that the city is surrounded by the enemy. Well, you can see why that would be terrifying if you've ever woke up and looked outside your house, and your house was surrounded by your enemies. uh, Well, that would be very, very Uh, how shall we say, intimidating. And so it makes perfect sense that he's very upset and distraught. Most of us fall apart on the the, the whim and whiff of trouble. At least he had an army to point to. He goes running down to Elijah, 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 the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Because in this case, the sky really is falling and he's right to be terrified, right? He's surrounded by people who want to starve him or kill him. I hate it when that happens. And so uh, he runs down to Elisha. He's like, Elijah, we're surrounded by, by the enemy. Elisha's like, um, uh, well, let's go look at it. Let's go look at it. Elisha takes him back up to the same place. They go right back up to the top of the battlement, and they look out at the surrounding land. And yes, it is true. Terrible things are happening. Somebody say, yes, it's true. Let me tell you the truth about this world. Terrible things are happening. The hearts of men and women are filled with evil continually. It's easy to look and be despairing in our hearts. It's easy to be overwhelmed with the news. I've had to to just go on a news diet recently because I was so depressed by things that are going on. It's depressing. And you look out and you're like, we're surrounded by the enemy and Elisha. It's awesome, awesome image because it's more than just a narrative or a story. It's a teaching, a spiritual teaching moment. Elisha prays for him and he prays this prayer, God, open his eyes. Well, uh, man, you know, I'll take that prayer any day, won't you? And yes, Lord, open my eyes. And the Bible tells us that the servant opens his eyes, and what he sees is not simply an army of enemies. He sees an army of friends. He doesn't just see an army of trouble. He sees an army of support. I pray for every one of us that in our lives we can see more than our troubles. We can see more than our setbacks. We can see more than our disappointments. Do you have disappointments? Sure you do. You have disappointments. I have disappointments. Is that what we see when we look out? Is our failures what we see? Is our limitations what we see? Or can someone lay hands on us and pray for us and say, God, oh, Open 
their eyes. Let them see that there's more out there than trouble. The truth is, if I looked at your life, I'd probably get depressed too. If you knew all the stuff in my life, you'd probably get depressed too. You see, we inevitably see what we're looking for. Now, what am I talking about? <clears throat> well, the idea is uh, called confirmation bias. It's not my idea. Um, it's, it's not even a theory that a preacher came up with. This is the psycho, uh, psychological uh, type of a test that's part of psychology. And what, what, what the idea is, is that we humans, we will tend to confirm what we have decided to believe. It's confirmation bias. So, so let's say uh, if, you, if any of you have studied any of apologetics or uh, philosophy or uh, logic, any of that stuff, you're familiar with this. But uh, basically, people uh, will ignore evidence that does not line up with what they believe, and they will celebrate any evidence that does line up with what they believe, and they confirm whatever they've already decided to believe. And so, uh, pessimists stay pessimistic. Optimists stay optimistic. Why? They have decided to be they believe something. They may not even know how they arrived at that belief. Many, very few people have intentional beliefs. They, they, they arrive at beliefs through osmosis of the people in their life. There's this great leadership uh, principle that goes like this. You are the sum of uh, the relationships that are in your life. So if you have 19 negative uh, relationships and one positive relationship, you are 95% negative. <laughs> uh, yeah, no one laughed at that. That's depressing, isn't it? Um, and so, you know, that's how we arrive at these, these ideas, beliefs. If, you're, if your uh, dad believed that black helicopters were tracking him, uh, there's a high chance you believe that black helicopters are, 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 are tracking you, you know. Uh, we, we get these beliefs, and then we ignore anything that doesn't fit, and we celebrate anything that does fit. Now, uh, I, I've known about this. I've read this kind of stuff for years. I've, I've probably read a hundred books that are on some version of philosophy or apologetics, and, um, you know, I, it, I'm inclined to that kind of stuff, and so I'm familiar with it. But this week, I had a, a little bit of a surprise, and I was listening to a podcast. I'm a podcast guy, and I was listening to a podcast of two very, very successful um, businessmen slash investors type. I don't mean that they're kind of successful. I mean they're like multi-score multi million dollar net worth kind of special. I mean, right up there with that Kenny Middleton money. I mean, right up at the, at the, the apex of that, how much that would be. We're not talking seven or eight. We're talking nine digits or more. Yes, my brother. God bless you. And so he's like, bring it on, Lord, bring it on. <laughs> and so um, uh, super successful and they're talking and uh, they, they talk about this idea of, co uh, of confirmation bias, uh, where people, they, they look for what they already believe, and they, they, they celebrate what fits, and they ignore what doesn't fit. And uh, one of them said, and this was surprising to me, because I thought of them as these kind of cold-hearted capitalistic types, you know, buying and selling companies, facing the hard facts with people, look, you can't compete with China if you do this, you gotta, I thought of them as kind of this kind of cold-hearted capitalist types. And one of them in the, in the interview, one of them's talking to the other one, and uh, he basically says, you know, I'm surprised why people, if, if we're going to have this, this, this confirmation bias as part of being human, 
if we're going to have that, and we can't pretend like we don't, um, then uh, why don't you use it in your favor? Why don't you make it a good thing and not a bad thing? Why don't you believe something that's good for you? Well, these are not believers. Uh, one of them publicly said he's an atheist, and uh, the other guy, I've never heard him talk about faith at all, so he's probably just kind of agnostic, typical, secular uh, person. And they're talking about this, and uh, the, I, the whole subject came about because uh, he was asked, where do you find investment ideas? Where do you find opportunities? And the guy says, well, talked about this confirmation bias. He says, I, I believe, and I choose to believe. He said, I actually believe. But I also choose to believe, and that's important because that makes it intentional. That makes it a way of being. That makes it a life choice, not just an accident. I choose, I choose, I claim. He said, I believe that if you will work hard and you're a thoughtful person, there's lots of good opportunities if you will look for them. He says, now whether or not that's always the case, I don't know, but because I believe that, I get up in the morning and it empowers me to go look. He said, I believe it, so I'm encouraged by it. I am empowered to go look. He said, I don't understand why other people don't allow a good belief to work for them rather than allowing a bad belief to work against them. And I'm listening to this podcast, and I just, I, I nearly drive off the road. I'm like, you should be a preacher. In my spirit, that's what I'm like saying this to the, you should be a preacher. That is it exactly. There is a belief. And if it's a negative belief, it's, if, it's a, if it's a wrong belief, you need to, to change that belief. And then once you can believe the good, the positive, well, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are right, you get the idea. Once you believe that, you don't make it an accident. You make it intentional. So you believe it, but you also choose it. Oh, I'm giving you better stuff than you're giving me in response. I'm like giving you some A-plus material, and you're like giving me some B-minus response. That's just the way I see it today. I choose to see it that way. You see, that is an intentional choice on my behalf. A-plus material and some B-minus response. I'm going to say it again. I believe it, but I choose it. I'm going to say it again. I believe it, but I choose it. It's not an accident. I don't believe, but just because my daddy believed. I don't believe just because my mama believed. I choose to walk the way I walk. I choose to see the promises of God. I choose to see his hand upon my life. I choose it. It is intentional. It is the act of my will. Therefore, that belief begins to work for me. My mind begins to celebrate evidence that is on the side. It is stuff that is good for me. It is stuff that helps me. It is stuff that encourages me. It is stuff that uplifts me. And so when I live that way, I get up in the morning and whatever God has done for me, even if it's just being in my right mind, which in my case is a good, good size miracle, if I wake up and I'm in my right mind, I can celebrate God's goodness to me. I choose it. I can celebrate God keeping me. I choose it. And thus I see and I celebrate. Oh, 
Open their eyes, Lord, that they can see there's more in their life but than trouble. There's also the keeping power of God in their life. There's more in your life than sorrow. There's also the restitution of all things through Jesus Christ unto you. There's more in your life than disappointment. There's also the nearness of God's presence to you. So, I want you to see, I want you to see the power of celebrating what God has done for you and the power of choosing a life of faith. So, uh, let me uh, talk about something else along the same lines and hopefully at the end I'll bring it all together or not. It can happen both ways. Uh, That's a preacher's joke. Um, So, one of the things about being a preacher, I should tell you, is that we often are given people in the church who check on us. Um, That's one of the things you learn about being a pastor. I don't mean spy on us. I, I don't know. It's not, I, we probably have those too. But if you're so dysfunctional, you want to spy on people, you really need to find another place to worship. <laughs> That's some unhealthy stuff right there. And we don't want to birth that in our culture. That's not how we... The Lord knows how to lift up and the Lord knows how to take down. I'm not going to come spy on you. I'm sorry. When the Lord's ready to take you down, honey, you will be down low. You don't need the preacher up in your house. Nah, hmm, hmm. That's some dysfunctional, unhealthy, negative stuff. Anyway, moving along. I mean, check up on you like, like, like if you mispronounce something, there will always be that one person uh, who will come up and try to correct. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I will not tell you who it is who will come up. That's right, sister. You can look over your shoulder. It's not you, you lovely soul. You have the sweetness spirit of Jesus Christ inside you. But there are other people who, if you mispronounce one word, uh, speaking of the blessings that are in the Hodge family, there's other people in the Hodge family. God forbid, not dear brother Ed. No, no, he's a man of no small Christianity. But there are other people who God forbid you mispronounce a word and say Jericho and they get knows Jericho not Jericho celebrate. They will check on you. You quote a scripture. that You quote a scripture, and if you missed a word, they let everybody you mi- know you missed that word. That's like Don. I can quote a scripture. I'll leave out one word. He's over here quoting it behind me as loud as he can, and he doesn't say it. You know, you know. You have to embrace the love, brother. Just embrace the You can't misquote anything. And God forbid you miss some doctrinal error. I'm not going to tell you who checks me on my doctrine, okay? You miss some little emphasis. You didn't emphasize something, and they're letting you know, brother, you mm, just checking, just checking. All pastors have checkers. <laughs> so today I'm going to play checkers with... And get back at some of you guys who's always checking on me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play checkers on Jesus, okay? So I'm in Matthew 21, and I'm going to play checkers on Jesus. And uh, we're going to check, make sure he's quoting the Bible right. <laughs> you turkeys, you're always checking on me. I'm, I'm, I'm checking on somebody else. Uh, we're in Matthew 21, and we're going to read, what verse? Let's read 16. And Jesus said unto them, yes, <clears throat> have you never read? All right, he's going to quote the Bible, right? Have you never read? And we're checking up on him. Um, uh, have you never read? I see you staying a Dave. I didn't want people to know that you're one of my checkers. You can sit down now. You, you're trying to check up on me, send me some doctrinal stuff. 
I got you straightened out there back there, brother. I'll deal with you later. I'll talk to grandma about you. You'll be in ICU for three weeks. Uh, Have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? Yay, praise God. The Lord's quoting scripture, and we're checking them. What scripture are you checking there, teacher? What scripture are you quoting, I should say? You can correct that later if you'd like. Um, Love you, darling. Uh, So... He's quoting, interestingly enough, he's quoting from the Psalms. Everybody loves the Psalms. He's quoting from Psalms chapter number 8 and verse number 2. And he's going to say this. I'll read it in the King James Version. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained praise, perfected praise. Were you disagreeing with Jesus? You just just keep, no, don't make me come over here. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. That's what the Bible says, right? It's not in my spirit to, you know, be very critical, but maybe, Dave, if you could come up and read this scripture for us, that could be a good thing, you know. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Hmm. I'm nervous. I'm chewing my fingernails up to the elbows. Jesus is misquoting scripture. Well, now, to be fair, Jesus is the author of scripture. And so it's hard to tell the author that he's misquoting himself because he wrote it. And even if he didn't use the same words because he's the author, he knew what his intent was. And so the words become tools in the hand of the author. Do you see? So we are not criticizing Jesus. I'm having a little bit of fun, you know, understand. Jesus is quoting Psalms 8, but he's quoting it a little bit different as though the words are just tools in his hands for him to transfer meaning. Tools tools can be used for a purpose. Words are tools to transmit meaning. And Jesus says, haven't you heard out of the mouths of of babes and nursing infants, uh, he has perfected praise, and what the writer had said, ordained strength. If you guys could ever understand the power of this, it would change what it means for you to be a faith person. It would change what it means for you to live intentionally and to live purposefully and to live a life of perfected praise because Jesus uses perfected praise and ordained strength interchangeably. As if to teach us, as if to teach us that the person who can perfect praise has been ordained unto strength. Oh, my Lord, I wish I could preach good today. The person who has perfected praise has been ordained unto strength. Jesus is showing how one goes hand in hand with the other. I want you to see this truth that is in your life. If you will intentionally 
you settle on a belief and then and celebrate that belief. Everywhere you go, you will see the hand of God working in your life. You will be using the promises of God as they were meant to be used. A great strength in your life. Not something you have to fight over. Not something you have to argue over. Not something you have to wrestle with. Something you get to celebrate. I am going to perfect praise. And through that, God is going to give me an organization of strength. You see, hear me, I don't want to just have strength for a moment. I know lots of Christians who can have strength for a moment. I don't want to just have strength for a moment. I want to have an ordination of strength in my life. I want to be declared by God, not as one who had strength in a moment, but as a person who was strong in the promises of God. I want an ordination of strength in my life. And the way for me to receive that ordination in my life is to perfect praise. What is perfect praise? Well, perfect praise. Remember, uh, I've taught this before. I don't have time today. Praise has no qualifier upon it of uh, worthiness on anybody's uh, part. Uh, anything can praise the Lord. The Bible said the, uh, the heavens can praise the Lord. The earth and the fullness thereof can praise the Lord. The unbeliever can praise the Lord. The heathen, yeah, it's all in the Bible. Don't have time for it today. The heathen can praise the Lord. Now, there is a distinction in worship of spirit, not capital L spirit, but small s spirit, your spirit. In worship, you can't just go through emotion. It has to be the expression of your heart and a pursuit of truth. Now, truth in the New Testament is particularly celebrated as Jesus Christ himself. He did not send us to fight over truth. He came us to send us to celebrate him. I am the way. I am the truth. And so in that understanding, there is an exception to worship. There's a rightness to worship, a rightness to worship, but anybody can praise the Lord. The heathen can praise the Lord. The unbeliever can praise the Lord. The trees can wave their branches. The birds can sing. Yes, even the rocks can cry out. So my brother, all you checker players out there, let me ask you this question. If we are told to offer a perfected praise and it's no qualification upon the offering itself, you don't have to be good enough, you don't have to be good looking enough, you don't have to be rich enough, don't have to be right enough, you simply can praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Somebody say everybody. Somebody say everything. Praise ye the Lord. <laughs> so, all right. Continuing on our checkers game here. So, if, 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 if anything can praise the Lord, and we're going to offer perfected praise, what in the world is perfect about it? You understand what I'm saying? We're flawed, we're empty, we're broken. Anybody can praise the Lord. Heathen can praise the Lord. The animals can praise the Lord. How do you offer perfect praise? Well, perfect praise is when, and this is, this, 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 I'm not trying to do new doctrine here. This is just my uh, study, my teaching, my understanding, my uh, explanation of the scripture, which is why you came today. Hopefully, God bless you. I love you too. <laughs> um, perfected praise is when the subject of your praise deserves and fits perfectly with the praise itself. 
Now, you got to think about that for a minute. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Let me, uh, whom I don't pick on today, I'm going to pick on Roosevelt. Roosevelt, let's say Roosevelt. Roosevelt, you're an awesome guy. You're just an amazing fella. You're just, you're just about the best guy I know. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Finally, somebody sees, somebody gets it around here. But there's this problem because his wife, Jamila, is sitting right beside him. You see what I'm saying? And she's like, don't get the, don't get the big head. Don't, get, don't, don't make, uh, uh, I, I, we will talk later. Okay, well, what's the problem? Let's flip it. And let's say uh, Roosevelt's talking about me. Brother Nathan, you just are, man, you are, you are, you are the man. You are just amazing. I'm like, thank God, finally, somebody in this church gets it. They appreciate it. There's this problem. You see, neither me nor Roosevelt are really worthy of too broad a praise. Why? Well, I know Roosevelt does it, but sometimes I am impatient. I am short-tempered. I, I, get, I, I see you saying, I see you over there. I see you waving that hand. She's like, mm, preach, brother, preach. I want you to see, see, I'm, I'm only partially worthy of any good thing you would say about me. I'm only partially worthy of any compliment you would give me. There's some little part of me that, yeah, is a good guy. There's some element of me that means well. There's some good, you understand what I'm saying? But the truth is I also am a mixed bag. I, I can be lazy. I'll check and see if anybody's going to say amen, because we were going to have a talk if anybody said amen on that. Chad kind of said, but he said more like, yeah, I like me too, brother, me too, brother. So he gets a pass. You see what I'm saying? You see, it's only partially true of me. But I can say any good thing about God, and it's 100% true. I can say he's beautiful, and the church can say amen. I can say he's holy, and the church can say amen. I can say he is altogether good, and the church can say amen. That is perfect praise. That's when the subject, <laughs> the subject and the adjective are in agreement. <laughs> That's when the style of the praise is true to the subject of the praise. Let me tell you what you can do in your life. You can say at any moment, God has been good to me, and it's perfect praise. At any, tr- any moment of your trouble, you can say, God's brought me too far to leave me, and it's absolutely true. You can say, if God before me, who can stand against me? And it's absolutely true. You can say, where would I be without God on my side? And you can say, that's absolutely true. It's perfect praise. It's perfect praise. If you will speak the word of faith, if you will speak perfected praise, victory is in that speech. You see, it is out of that praise that we are ordained unto strength. All right, so let me, let me give you some scripture as I continue on in my two-hour Bible study this morning. <laughs> All right. I got too much here. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power. Thank you, Brother Don. I knew you were waiting for me right there. Death and life are 
are in the power of the tongue. Psalms 34 and 1 through 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof. Not over here. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Mm. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt, exalt his name together. What are you doing? This is perfected, perfected praise. Verse number four. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fear. Somebody need to claim that in Jesus' name. What am I doing? What am I saying? This is perfect praise. And it is out of this perfect praise that is in my mouth that I'm speaking out that is going to come an ordination of strength in my life. Get out of the business of thinking about you even if only thing you can do about you is insult you. Think about God. You don't get any credit for pointing out you're an idiot. Everybody already knows. There's no special credit for you walking around saying, I'm a loser. I can be, say this about myself. I, I will do this bad. I have dysfunctionally high expectations, and nothing's ever good enough. And if it wasn't for my wife, I would have long since took a long walk off a short pier. But thanks to her wisdom, she has kept me straight. There is no special reward for you saying, oh, I'm no good. We know. Hush already. That's not perfect praise. That is painful truth. <laughs> and there's no special credit for you to go around talking your painful truth when you could instead intentionally exchange it for perfected praise. My, my, my favorite example of this is God says to Mo, Moses, all right, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And what does Moses do? Rather than perfected praise, he chooses painful truth. Lord, I'm not very eloquent down here, and I don't, I don't, I don't, have, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I, I'm not, I just, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't talk very good. Uh, and the Lord stops him, and the Lord says to him this, who made your mouth? Why would he ask that question? I'll tell you why. Because you're already here and you dressed up. You looked awesome. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, okay? I'm not going to leave you hanging and make you come next Sunday. Because some of you wouldn't hear it. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to give it to you right now so you will be able to take it with you. Who made your mouth? When you insult you, you insult the person who made you. There's no special points for you walking around saying, we know already. Trade your painful sorrow for God's perfected praise and say he's mighty, he's holy, he's glorious. I just want to praise him. I just want to exalt him. I just want to thank him for his goodness in my life. All right, the word of faith, perfected praise is in your mouth. Open up and talk about it. 
sing about it, testify about it, preach about it, perfected praise. Psalm 81 to 10, I am the Lord thy God who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth and I will fill it. Praise. Perfected praise in your mouth. Deuteronomy 30, 14, and 15. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. It is in your power to choose. It is in your power to live intentionally, to trade sorrows for praise. So open your mouth. Sing with the psalmist. 89 and 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Psalms 109 and 30 because you're not tired of hearing scripture yet I can tell. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. Psalms one. 49 and 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Oh, let's keep going because you're not tired. You, you want me to keep going. Psalms 126, 1 through 3. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. What are you doing? I'm perfecting praise. I'm trading sorrow for praise. I'm trading one way of seeing the world by the act of my will. I'm trading it for a different way of seeing the world. I choose to see it better. I choose to see it through faith. I choose to see it with God's hope. Hmm. All right, let me give you some Isaiah, because I could tell some of you were like, please, go to Isaiah now. (laughs) 55, 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and that's all the young people should know, that snow days are from God. Snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, and it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, in the same manner of all of these natural things that cannot be stopped, whether you like them or not, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. What am I talking about? Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. We're faith people. We, we, we stand upon our We are convinced in our spirit that this earth is a God thing. It's not some random, random thing that sprung up. Uh, I heard a, I heard a a joke here recently. I want to share with you because I can tell you're spiritual this morning. And uh, the joke goes like this: Uh, 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 
uh, the son came and asked his dad, Dad, where, where do we all come from? And he said, well, son, uh, you know, Adam and Eve had kids, and they had kids, and they had kids, and they had kids, and, 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 and we were all here. A little boy went and asked his mom, Mom, where do we come from? Mom said, well, you know, some people think that there were monkeys in trees, and, and the monkeys came down from the trees, and they all had children, and here we are. Little boy went back to his father and said, but Dad, uh, Mom said that we came from monkeys. Dad said, yeah. He said, what do you mean, yeah? He said, she's talking about her side of the family. (laughs) Sorry, that was... So we're we're faith people. We believe this world is not an accident. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) I about killed the spirit, sorry. Uh, All right, chop, chop. Uh, we choose to see the world through eyes of faith. Somebody say yes. yes. I, I, I know he's real. I feel him in my soul. I know he's real. Down in my soul. Okay, I don't want to kill the spirit anymore. All right, so my point is this. So we believe that it has changed our life right. It has changed our life. Now I want you to intentionally choose it every day as a way of being, an ontology of self, a way of being. I live this. I choose this. This is my way of being. This is who I am. I choose to see God working in my life. I choose to see, even on rainy days, that behind the cloud, that sun is just a singing and a shouting. I choose to see that although I'm sick and although this body will die, it is only to my gain and that I might be with the Lord. I choose to see it is the act of my will. And when I begin to live that way, I receive in my life the blessings of strength. Because perfected praise is the door into ordained strength. And we all of us could uh, use a little bit more strength in our life. And as our musicians come, I want to I want to end with this. I want you to I want you to see something that happens. And I'm going to tie some things together here uh, biblically, which I, I love to do. I, sometimes it's sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes I confuse myself, but I love to try to tie it all together. And uh, um, remember remember that 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 passage that we read in Deuteronomy uh, where where the, the, the scripture said it is nigh unto thee uh, even in thy even in thy mouth let me see if I can look back real quick in my notes here uh, and, uh, and and find it this is in Deuteronomy 30 uh, verse number 14 but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it in other words the word of God is there it's close you must speak it you choose it you believe you speak you proclaim you speak it in your life perfected praise the subject's not me the subject God is God and isn't he wonderful? Perfected praise, okay? That, that, that little phrase, the word is close to you, it's not to you. Now I'm going to jump you to the book of Romans. And in Romans chapter number 10, the writer is going to say the same thing, but he's going to put it in New Testament, a New Testament frame. And I want you to see this because this is who we choose to be and this is how we choose to live, okay? So in the New Testament church, just real quickly so you can understand church history because it matters uh, without context, the, 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 the gospel uh, is much, much more difficult to understand because uh, scripture must interpret scripture. It just does. I can't just say, well, I think this and I think that. We have to let scripture.
scripture interpret scripture in order to rightly divide the word of the Lord. So context matters. And in the New Testament church, uh, probably the biggest internal conflict they had was the temptation among the Jews to go back to the law of Moses as a way of being, as a way of pleasing God, as a sign of righteousness. Uh, The problem with that is the Gentile church had no tradition of Mosaic tradition. They had no tradition of Mosaic law. And so it created a haves and have-nots in the church. And the Jews felt better than other people because they had the the tradition of Moses. And the Gentiles felt completely left out. They didn't even know where to start, but they're absolutely in love with Jesus. And churches start splitting people. I'm not exaggerating. Start fighting. They start killing each other. Literally, uh, Paul had to be saved from the Jews at the temple in Jerusalem by unbelieving Roman soldiers or the Christian Jews would have killed him. Yeah, you thought church problems nowadays are bad. And so, this whole whole, is a big mess. And uh, Paul is trying to help them through this confusion of whether or not going back to Mosaic law is the path or is our salvation complete in Jesus Christ and his redemptive work. So I'm going to read Romans chapter number 10. Uh, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, talking about people who are trying to reestablish Mosaic law as the Christian way, not the history of the children of Israel. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law. Somebody say he's the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. The point being, through Jesus Christ, we are not made righteous through the works of adherence to Mosaic law. We are made righteous through the work, redemptive work of Jesus Christ. It is fundamental to the New Testament. If you don't believe this, you really should go down to the temple down on you are, a, you are closer to Judaism than you are to Christianity. It all hinges upon the work of Jesus Christ. And so, let me continue along. But the right, uh, let's see. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them, but the righteousness which is of faith. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Okay? What's getting ready to happen? We're going to be told on how we should be thinking and speaking, okay? And they're going to start by telling you what not to do, what not to say, okay? Here we go. What not to say. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend to heaven, that is, bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, deep, bring up Christ again from the dead. What's he talking about? He's talking about the difference between Jesus, the man who walked among them, many of them had known, and Jesus, Son of God, who has redeemed us from our sins. This isn't Gnosticism. Okay, don't have time to explain this. I just want you to understand and be familiar with the terminology where the divine flesh is our salvation. It's not divine flesh that was never real. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He became the perfect sacrifice. Paul's addressing theology in the church. He's correcting Judaism and Gnosticism. Don't say that, but what saith it? What should I say? If I'm not going to argue about those things, what should I say? Now Paul goes all the way back to where we read in Deuteronomy and he quotes, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth 
heart. That is the word of faith. This is what I want you to see. The word of faith is much closer to you than you think it is. The word of faith, your ability to speak the promises of God, to speak the presence of God, to stand upon the word of God, it is closer to you than you think. You know what you ought to do? You ought to choose to perfect praise in your life. I'm not talking about my failings. I'm not talking about your failings. I'm talking about God and how good he has been to me. I'm not talking about what I can or can't do. I'm talking about what God has done. And because my focus is heavenward and because my focus is on God, I am able to be ordained unto strength. Hear me. And I'm I'm almost done. We aren't strong because we grit our teeth and stuck it out. We're strong because we celebrate Christ's work through, through us. We praise he who is perfect. And then we find in our spirit a great ordination of strength. We're strong by keeping our focus on the God, on the promises of God. We speak the word of faith in our life. It is a way of being. It is a style of living. It is a choice that we all of us make. And I am I, I implore you today. I beseech you today, as Paul would say, by the mercies of God, choose this way of living. Get your eyes off all the junk. Get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Get your eyes on the goodness of his mercy. Celebrate his victory. You may feel like you're in a world of trouble. You ought to celebrate his power. Celebrate his presence. You may feel all alone because his word is nigh unto thee, even in your mouth. Speak the word of faith in your life. And that faith says you are whole through Christ. You are forgiven through Christ. You are redeemed through Christ. You're not your own. You've been purchased by his blood through Christ. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Tomorrow can be better than today through Christ. I choose it. I stand upon it. I believe it in my heart, but I also live it every day as a personal celebration of God's goodness in my life. Everything is going to work out. How do I know? Because I perfected praise and I found strength in praise. Let's all stand. Would you step out of the chair you're in? Would you come make your way down to this altar? We're going to take a little bit of time as we do. And we're going to believe God to fill us with the strength we need. We're going to refocus our heart and mind. We're going to refocus our attention. We're going to lay aside the stuff you've been worshiping that's not God. Some of us have been worshiping our troubles. We've been celebrating our setbacks going to stop that today, okay? In Jesus' name, we're going to stop that today. We're not going to celebrate our setbacks. We're not going to celebrate our weaknesses. Can I have an amen? We're not going to celebrate us at all. In fact, the spotlight is coming off of us because that's imperfect praise. 
and we're going to get the spotlight back on the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. And I choose every day. I'm going to start today. I'm going to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I am going to celebrate His goodness, His keeping power, His healing words. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray for your people here today. I pray for your touch and your anointing upon every individual. You know exactly what we need in our individual lives, oh God. You know those of us who have been uh, filled with fear and doubt. Some of us have been wrestling uh, uh, really a battle with unbelief, unfortunately. And we're, we're, we've been uh, doing all the wrong things to fight it. And Lord God, I'm praying today that your unction would move among your people today. And that we would put you back at the center of praise and worship in our lives. We would be strong through acknowledging your goodness. We would be strong through uplifting your, uh, your promise in our life and praising you, putting you on the throne of our heart and life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, right now, I'm believing, I'm trusting. Oh, hallelujah. If there's somebody nearby and it's appropriate, why don't you look around and find someone nearby and why don't you pray victory upon them today? Why don't you pray victory? Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. This, this kind of strength isn't the strength that you just get swept along with. Uh, I, I, I just I want to I want to remind you of this. If, if if you go to church and they have boisterous church and they have good church and there's people praising the Lord, it's easy to kind of come to church half discouraged and get swept with swept up along with someone else's victory. I've done it. You've done it. I mean, you've done it more than me, but you know, with that exception, we've all done it, right? You come to church and you know the cool kids up here, they're all prayed through and they kind of sweep you along, you know, and you're like, oh, oh look, they're getting blessed over here. Oh, they're getting blessed over here. Oh, they're getting blessed over here. I'll be yes, I'll get blessed too. This kind of strength isn't the the kind of sweep you along strength. This is the strength you choose every day. I wish that I could sing good enough or preach good enough or testify good enough to give you this strength, but I can't do it. You have to recognize this word is in me. It's close to me. It's right in my mouth. I can speak this kind of praise, perfected praise right now. And that can change everything. Let me tell you why it's a better solution. You can't take the church with you everywhere you go. You can't haul the preacher along with you. Thank God. Everywhere you go. That'd be weird. Imagine you guys out on a date up here. You're like, hi, good to see you. Hey, boo. Oh, this is my preacher. <laughs> That'd be a jadaster. You can't take the preacher with you. But let me tell you what you can take with you. You can take a decision to perfect praise in your life and in your heart. I separate the weather of my feelings from the solid rock of God's promise in my life. This is my weather over here. Sometimes it's rainy. Some over here is the solid rock and it does not change. I have perfected praise by choosing to believe the word of faith is very close to me. And I can speak it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's why King David, before he ever beats Goliath, he's ready to fight Goliath. Why? He spends his time praising God. 
he gets there. Everybody else is afraid of Goliath. They're like, how big he is. Look at the guy. He's amazing. He's huge. He's terrifying. David's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You see, the word of faith is in his mouth. He's ready. Does he know if he's going to win? No, it doesn't matter. He's chosen a certain way of living. He's chosen. And so now he's like, okay, I'll fight him. All you suckers won't fight him. I'll fight him. And the king, who's the tallest guy in the army, he won't fight him. He's like, here, try my armor. David's like, that's not going to work. I'm going to do it my way. And he goes out to fight the Goliath. And Goliath, Goliath's like, who? He looks at David. And the first time in the Bible, you ever see the, the popular phrase, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like Goliath looks. He's like, whatever. Am I a dog? That's his phrase. Am I a dog? That you send this blad? I mean, after we fight, maybe I could change his diaper and give him some chocolate milk. He's insulted. Now, what does David say? You come against me with a sword and a spear. I come against you in the name of the Lord. David. David, you're probably going to (laughs) die. not looking good, buddy. In his mouth is the word of faith. And this is what Old Testament knew. They say to you, the word of faith is closer than you think it is. It's right inside your mouth. So speak it. Touch your neighbor. Say, speak it. I want to hear you speak faith. I want to hear you speak faith. I want to hear you. Some of you spouses, you ride home today with your husband. I want you to tell him, buddy, I want to hear you speak faith. I want to hear you speak faith. You husbands, tell your wives on the way home. I want to hear you speak faith. Why? The word of faith is close to us. It's in our mouth. We can speak it. Lord God, I pray for your people today. I pray that they would literally inhale this truth into their very being. They would accept it. They would take it in and integrate it into their their way of being, their life, their, their style of living, that we might be strong. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, 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 amen couple things real quick before you're dismissed. If you have special need in your life and you'd like, you'd like prayer, don't rush away. My ministry team will be down front here. They will pray with you. They will prayer partner with you. They'll stay in touch with you. This is a house where you can find victory. Secondly, if you're fairly new around here, I'd love you. As I've said earlier, I'd love for you to come to my first steps class. We're on lesson number two today and we will have a good time together, get to know each other. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We love you. Have a great week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.